most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of the Race Hour podcast in association with our good friends at gambling.com. I'm Darren Hughes, temporarily occupying Dean Ryan's seat for this week. And I'm joined by what can only be described as a stellar, excuse me, stellar cast of Mary Bandits. I almost didn't believe it myself. First up, I've got the inimitable Dermot Nolan. Dermot, how are you keeping? All good, Darren, by. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to a cracking weekend's racing. Um, and as we're obviously entering into the festive period as well. Uh, I've also got Gary Connolly in the hot seat. All good with you, Gary? All good, mate. Yep, yeah, and good to be back on. So looking forward to this weekend's racing. For sure, yeah, likewise. Uh, but before we go into next week's or this week's racing, let's take a quick look at last week's racing. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts, Gary, first of all, please, on the probably the main race or the main uh, cross-water matchup from last weekend, El Fabiolo and John Vaughn. John Vaughn obviously doing the business in uh, in Sandown and El Fabiolo doing the business in the Hilly Way. Um, from that limited evidence, do you think that John Vaughn can turn the former El Fabiolo last year? Um. Yeah. Like the in regards to the race and uh, both were fine. Um. John Bond probably has more substance to the form. If Fabiolo done what he had to do. Um. I was actually surprised John Bond ran when Henderson took out his other horses. Um. I don't know if it's saying um where he is in the pecking order there or what Henderson thinks of him. But I just had a last year. He had a, a tough enough campaign, so he, he's probably one that stands up to the race and. In regards to turning around the form, I don't think he, he ran up the form at Cheltenham last year um, when you look at a Sandown run when he beat Captain Guinness. But did he run that below that he can turn around the form? I don't think so. I just think El Fabiola's just a better horse um, than him. It'd be interesting, like both are supposedly getting aimed at the Clarence House, so we'll find out sooner than March. Uh, but for me, just El Fabiola's a better horse. John Bond, he'll win what he wants across. Cross there without Willie selling any of his two miles over. But yeah, El Fabiola, it's tough to see John Bond turn around the, the chase form anyway. Yeah, yeah, fair arguments indeed. Uh, that Clarence House would be a hell of a race. Uh, Willie Mullins has gotten very fond of selling his horses over to that Clarence House, uh, Dermo. Trainers are creatures of habit. Do you reckon it's likely we'll see the pair match up and ask up before they head to Cheltenham? Probably more likely John Bond drops out than. El Fabiola by the sound of it. Like, I know Willie's one for messing around with his Cheltenham targets, but his pre-Cheltenham targets tend to be fairly bang on. You know, he tends to say where a horse is going and the only time he's ever deviated was probably the likes of an al- album photo, but that was the year where uh, Leperson was like a road. So, you know, it, that kind of made sense. But I kind of think that John Bond's a bit closer to El Fabiolo than that looked at Cheltenham last year. I mean, Aidan Coleman got off straight away and said in ITV that he felt very flat. Um, he probably had a busy enough campaign as well. He's a tough old horse. There is an argument too that maybe, you know, the ride wasn't kind of uh, fantastic either. He probably made a little bit too much of him. I don't think there's a whole lot between them. I just have a nagging doubt whether John Bond is a Cheltenham horse. I think he's, he seems to produce his best form elsewhere. Saying that though, he's been beaten by El Fabiolo and Constitution Hill there. It's not like he's uh, he's been seen off by some old, you know, a Nickap warrior or something. So, I don't think there's a whole lot between them. I think it's a closer picture than we think. Um, El Fabiolo still throws in the odd weird jump. I'd be forgiving of the fact that he was a little bit, you know, like kind of he made heavy enough weather of it. He was given plenty of weight to field door and, you know, a lot of willies have needed their first run. It's as simple as that. So he'll improve plenty for it. But just with his few jumping blemishes, if John Bond was a decent price in a match on the day, yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't be a million miles from that now, Darren. 
yeah, that's completely fair. I get exactly where you're coming from. Uh, the old not a Cheltenham horse uh, line is is a funny one because I think they said that about Min for a little while as well. But obviously Min was just getting kicked out of the way by Altior, so there was no there yeah. was no shame yeah. in that. And uh, before I do move on, I stick with you, Dermot. Uh, what are your thoughts about Jambon maybe going up and trip at some stage? Like at the moment, he looks plenty quick enough for for a two miler, but there is all, always that like nagging suspicion that maybe there might be more in the locker where he to step up to two and a half or even three miles at some point throughout the course of his career. Yeah, Nicky's two miles have always tended to kind of look that way. Altior looked like he could have definitely went up, and he did, and that probably ended him. Um, Shishkin, he's a bit of a rogue, but he definitely sees out a further trip as he. He proved an entry. So there is a bit there, you know. Um, John Bond has always shaped like he'd, he'd easily go up and trip. But I just, you get the sense from Nicky Henderson that he doesn't think that El Fabiolo, even though he never, he never pronounces that horse's name right, but he doesn't seem to think that there's a million miles between them. Um, so Nicky Henderson has his detractors this week, and rightfully so, but he's still a master trainer. And if he thinks John Bond's not a million miles away from El Fabiolo, who, who's a mere mortal like me to question him? You make a very fair point, though. I, I, I make a great habit of questioning Nicky Henderson at every available turn. I'm going to stick with you before I go back to Gary. Any other eye-catchers from the weekend before I move on to uh, the, the main news story we have this week? Yeah, of course, buddy. Yeah, the kind of racing overall, I thought Stellar story was brilliant. Uh, really good. Uh, Gordon Elliott's rebuild since his uh, self-inflicted kind of downfall um, is something to behold. His novice hurdlers look very, very good. You know, you're talking the likes of Crow Park, etc. He's just he's packed with them. Um so he's another one. I really liked what he did. But one handicapper that definitely has a chase in him is uh Chantreuse. He was a, a decent hurdler, has taken his while to find his feet over fences, but with a trainer like Henry de Bromhead he always was going to. And he ran over two mile four behind embittered in that decent handicap chase at uh, at Navin last weekend. They travel like the winner the whole way through. He just didn't have that finishing kick because he's a three miler plus uh, but the way he looks so well in himself, Daryl Keith gave him a screamer of a ride. He's a horse to me now that, that you know, something like a Paestis or something like that and later on this season, you could see him at a decent price. The further he goes out, if he can continue to jump like he did that day, that horse is very well handicapped and there's a very decent race in him. For sure. Uh, there is a certainly, he, he strikes you as a type of horse that is going to pick up a big pot someday. Uh, what kind of price he'd be is, uh, is anyone's guess. Gary, I'll ask you the same question. Any other catchers from the weekend away from the uh, the grade one chasers or the the, uh, the novice chasers come come up in class? Yeah, a massive one for me was um, Indiana Dream. Who won a, well, it looked a warm looking beginner's chase at Navin last Saturday. Um, like he was weak enough in the bend and Willie's most of them needing the first time out run. Um, there was a lot to like about that performance. He absolutely clattered one going out on the, the last lap and um, he gave some rivals, race fit rivals with experience, a beatdown, <laughs> an absolute beatdown. And um, you can say what you want about the anti-post markets the way they are now. I can't believe this one's still 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory. Um, like, he's, he looked the real deal to me. Um, maybe he's fragile enough. He, he hasn't been seen. A whole pile, but um, geez, I was fierce impressed by him. Um, he looks to have some engine, and that race twenty to one just looks wrong at this stage. So um, I've dipped my toe in, and um, yeah, really impressed me. Well, an early anti-post selection from uh, from Gary Connolly after what was undoubtedly a very very impressive performance from a horse that, as he said, very very weak in the market. I think he he was you know six to four shot or even a bit shorter early in the morning. 
BSP to nearly three to one. So that, that just shows you the market was really, really against Indiana Dream. I'm uh, going to move on to something slightly different now. Gary, I'll stick with you for this, first of all. Um, we had a news story leaked from the BHA in the last 72 hours or thereabouts that handicap entries in the UK are going to be capped at four per yard. Uh, in typical O'Leary form, Eddie O'Leary has come out and said that would be no impediment to the Jigasan horses because they'll simply change the trainer of their horse in the days leading up to whatever race they want to run in. Um, sticking a metaphorical middle finger up towards the BHA for not the first time in their ownership lives. Gary, what are your thoughts on both this proposal and the O'Leary's response and anything else you might want to add uh, on this? The O'Leary's, you just have to be the, the king trolls in the racing industry. I, I, I think they're brilliant. Um, anything they come out with in this, the tongue-in-cheek stuff, uh, give it to me all day. I think it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And like I said, just give the two fingers up to the authorities who doesn't like doing that. Uh, from time to time, uh, the rule itself is just bananas. Like, isn't it? There's enough problems in racing. This really isn't one of them. Uh, particularly in the UK, it's minimal effect. Like, why just target and train? And like, if if it's owners, four owners in the same race, fair enough. Um, but like, bigger problems to be worrying about than this. And it's it's it seems to be trying to single out one trainer for who's had his issues and um. There could be perceived an agenda against them, but um, silly rule, um, I think. And yeah, fair play to the O'Leary's just coming out with a statement that makes it look that silly. Um, I'd love to, it actually happen. I'd love to see it happen and uh, the whole process play out in public. But I don't. I think uh, smart heads will prevail in this instance, and I don't think it'll come in. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I take your point. It's, uh, I think that there's a fair chance that they will back down. But uh, as Gary alluded to Dermo, I think we can call a spade a spade here. This is effectively uh, a slap in the face to Gordon Elliott or an attempted slap in the face toward, towards Gordon Elliott and, and the way he campaigns his horses. Uh, I think you're on record, I might be wrong in saying this, as you know, suggesting that something like this might go a long way to to sort of help in what, you know, they end up being almost single owner races sometimes in Ireland anyway, less so in England. But what are your thoughts on the BHA proposal or the supposed BHA proposal, I should say? I think it's it's the right avenue, but the wrong way of doing it. I think that the, I think Gordon Elliott having 15 runners in a handicap in Ireland the last days, it's just not good for the sport. It just isn't. Um, the And it's not just Gordon. I mean, Willie Mullins could have eight or nine in a handicap hurdle at times. Um, you know, like, at the festival easily at Punchestown. So, like, we're getting to the point where there's two yards that are dominating everything, absolutely everything. You know, there's there's great ones in Ireland that are just the two of them. The Morgiana Hurdle was pretty much was just Willie Mullins. The, but this needs to be taught out more. I mean, you can't just restrict Gordon Elliott because the, the O'Leary's will find a way around. I take Gary's point to that. I do think the O'Leary's are hilarious. Um, I also think that they, they're they hated in racing because of how brash they are. But they're actually one of the few owners where their horses run to merit every single time that they run. They they never handicap a horse. Their their horses can end up handicapped by accident at times. But they they run every horse in their merit. They've had thirty three to one winners and and beginners chase. I remember doing the cost one under Keith Dunne, who once all their horses are always there to win. But for the issue at hand, Stephen Cass said that the last day I was. Two years ago, I would have been completely anti this. Completely anti. I would have been beating my chest, saying that you know this is this is a slap 
slap in the face to Ireland. And the BHA are trying to do that. You know, they've they've restricted Irish runners at a certain level as well. They are trying to keep the Irish away because the Irish are just beating them. But something like this does have to happen, but it needs to be taught out better. It needs to be a case where, you know, uh, capital owners, capital trainers also might need to be that the horse needs to be registered for a yard for six months or, you know, what there kind of needs to be a lot more taught out than kind of just the way that they've done it. I do think, though, overall, that horse racing needs more of this. I think the HRI and BHA need to work together. I don't think it's good that we have two yards dominating and you've got other very good trainers who can't get a look and can't can't get a decent horse. They just can't get one because everyone's going to the to, to two main yards. And why wouldn't you? If I had 400 grand for a horse, Darren, who am I sending the horse to? You know, like it's very obvious. Uh, even Nicky Henderson and Paul Nichols aren't getting horses that the two lads are. For the future of horse racing, it is not good, the domination that these two trainers have we're going to be whittled down very soon to having boutique yards like every de bromhead who target the big festival who live off that you'll have other yards that live off gambles and everyone in between is going to be completely forced out and um, so horse racing does need to do something desperately but it needs to be more tired than this and this also smacked of releasing news to distract from the fact that they're after hiring dido harding as their new head the woman who's completely involved with uh, just Google her, the amount of shenanigans that, that, that has gone on between her and the Tory party and they've now elected her to the top of, of the BHA and then conveniently when people start looking at that, this gets leaked it's no coincidence at all but overall this is something that I think does need to happen um, the more this happens the more that it means that okay my horse can't run because of the Gordon Elliott, you know what I might actually move him down to another yard um, and try and get um, thing that could boost the, you know, the likes of a Paul Nolan, etc. But uh, just yeah, the BHA just haven't done it right again. I don't know how why they keep leakage. Remember, we found out about the Briny Frost case before anything had been released at all. Again, another leak from there. Um, the BHA, I think the thought process is right, but as always in horse racing, generally, Darren, the um, the way that they've done it is just shite. Yeah, good intentions with shit execution, I think, is uh, the general modus operandi of the BHA, as Dermo has said. Uh, it might be a little bit harsh, but uh, yeah, it seems to be clangor after clangor after clangor um, from that particular governing body. Uh, and my sympathy is kind of limited because they're, they're often the first to throw their own slap when they think an injustice has been done elsewhere. So, um, you know, seeing them embarrassed on a public stage is uh, it might be no harm. In any case, uh, we'll move on from that rather unsavoury topic uh, and get back to the actual horse racing. Um, so we'll move quickly into this weekend's racing. And Dermot, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, this podcast is obviously recorded on Thursday afternoon. Uh, it will be released this evening. So we can have a quick spin through Cheltenham tomorrow. Uh, anything catch your eye? Dysart Enos runs in the first. Uh, Trelon, Stephen Cass's horse, runs in the beginner's chase. A couple of other interesting runners on the card. Um, was there anything that jumped out at you from tomorrow? Uh, not a card that I've gotten massively involved in at all, really at all. But the race that really interested me was the um, the cross country. Just from a watching point of view, you got Fury Road in there, Galvin in there. It's a serious race. Manila Indo's in there. It's got a, <laughs> it's a serious race of uh, Gordon Elliott has turned that race into the the afterlife for kind of uh, previous Gold Cup contenders. Now, so they all make their way in there. Um, Friday's card is deadly. Uh, Dysardinas will be one who I'll be watching, but as far as the bet goes on that car, Darren, I, I just 
if there wasn't one really that kind of grabby. Yeah, no stress. Um, there there are a couple of uh relative shorties on that card, so uh, not surprising that one might be a watching brief for yourself. Gary, I'll ask you the same question tomorrow's race in the Cheltenham. Was there anything that appealed enough to get you to 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 wind up the old wallet or not? Yeah, so uh, fourth race, die start in us just wins. That's a that's a point and shoot job. So I'll be loading up to get the turkey and ham money in on on her and um. Other one is yeah, demo touched on the, the cross country, um, high profile names, but it is a it is a handicap this one, um, different come March, so to scale, uh, I think is going to put up to the Irish horses, uh, went close in the Grand Seven Beach last season, went one better in the the former last time out, um, he's he's spun round the tie a couple of times, winning form round there, that type of test will be similar enough to a cross country. Whereas they crawl and sprint, um, and he shot a good level of form across there. And he's getting a lot of weight off the Irish from us, and um, I think that could be telling at the end. Like he won't beat them come come March time, but tomorrow I think he does. Very interesting from uh, from Gary Connolly. Always uh, a good man for for one coming from the French Riviera and, and elsewhere. So that's uh, that's interesting. We move on. We move on to Saturday, lads. Gary, I'll stick with you for now. Uh, we've got a full um a full milieu of racing uh from Cheltenham tomorrow and a couple of races in Doncaster. So I'll spin through Cheltenham first of all. The one fifteen will kick off. It is a two mile handicap chase. The likes of Calico, Fernando Savola are in here. Gary, was there anything that jumped out at you as a potential winner? Yeah, one I really like in this is in Alexios Dio. Uh, Dio, uh, big eye catcher for me last time at Shelton. Uh, in Excel, just Dio, you hear. Yeah. yeah, that's a man who never sang a hymn at school. You never sang a hymn at Names, <laughs> but yeah, really, really like him now. Yeah, last one behind dancing around, uh, absolutely flew up the hill. I think he was 10 off them coming down to the last beat about two and a half. And that form is working out exceptionally well. Like, triple trade, one of his next starts, not long till May, and uh, run up in that Paddy Power, which I think is a, a real deep race this year. I'd be following any form coming out of Paddy Power Chase, and even had all the Oval, who came down, um, he chased home John Bond and Edward Stone there the weekend. Only up a pound uh, for that run. I think uh, he'll prove extremely hard to be here. In Excelsis Deo, ignoring Gary Conley's horrendous uh, Latin and general lack of uh, religious authority. Uh, Dermot, I'll move on to you. Are you feeling this is a godly sort of a tip or are you looking elsewhere for the for the race winner? It is, yeah. I didn't have Gary uh, penciled down for a a career in the priesthood, but that's definitely gone now. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> the, the, um, <laughs> I agree completely. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he stayed on very, very well. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he stayed on as if he was late for math. The, uh, the last year, he just kept going. So the, um, he's definitely one that just looks very well handicapped. Um, that run looked, it was quite enough run. He kind of flew too late. This should be a target, you'd think. And if he can get his act together earlier on the race, he, he should take a bit of whack in here, yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm sure uh, Harry Fry will have his rosary beads out this evening. Uh, he could probably do it uh, with a big winner. Uh, Dermot, I'm going to stick with you for the, the Virgin Bet December Gold Cup handicap. A uh, very competitive affair, which would be a shock to nobody. Thunder Rock heads the market at 72. Got the likes of Mon Morale, so Scottish, Il Rodoto, Fugitive. Fakir Duderis is making the trip across the Irish Sea. 
Uh, was the one that you thought was uh, a little bit of the wrong price or or one that you thought might be the winner of this race from a while out? Um, so I kind of, the front of the market are two horses that I'm kind of keen to take on. Montmorel's quite small, a very good horse. He's going to be the class act in here. Uh, but he's very small and he's doing all his winning in small fields. Um, this isn't the biggest field in the world, but I'd still be worried about him in a bus and a bustle like this. Uh, Thunder Rock. He's, he, a lot of the excitement about Thunder Rock is that he beat Maller Mission last time. I don't think Maller Mission was there to win that race that day. Maller Mission was was coming back up a fall. They were delighted with the kind of run around. It wasn't that they weren't trying. I'm not accusing anybody of that, but it was very much, uh, uh, you know, let's get his confidence back, preserve his mark going into the into the Hennessy and go go from there. Thunder Rock beat him, but I don't, I think if, if, if had Thunder Rock ran in the Hennessy, he was finishing third. Uh, Montmorel also holds him on previous form as well so if it was between the top two I'd be going for Montmorel this time last year he was second behind the uh, the Wacker what's that horse's name Big Wacker, Wacker. Uh, yeah that's it <laughs> so he was second second behind him with uh, Thunder Rock back in third I like Fugitive here um, I thought that run last time was a big run those those two horses in front of him not long till May and stage started there in my opinion depending on Alaho they could be first and second in a Ryanair um, they were first and second in the JLT last year as well, or sorry, the uh, the old turners. Um, so Fugitive ran an absolute screamer. I don't think he's bumping into two horses like that. I also would have question marks over Thunder Rock and Mon Morale, who are doing most of their winning in small fields. I'm not sure a race like this will suit them. Fugitive is more than proven at the course. The horses have won races like this before, just like him, the likes of John Spirit, etc. I'm thinking of. Uh, horses that kind of keep coming back to this course and this that they eventually will kind of get their race he more than deserves one he keeps bumping into one he's a very good horse and I think this is his day there yeah listen you wouldn't begrudge him uh, went up the guts of 20 pounds in the handicap last year and only has a 20 grand racing chef so to show for it uh, Carol Hinchy's son of Ballangarry so as Dermot says very progressive last season and fingers crossed you might be able to get the job done for connections tomorrow uh, Gary Connolly I'll come to you the uh, December Gold Cup at Cheltenham a race won by many 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 superstar down through the years do you think you found one for tomorrow? I'm rowing in behind Dermo with Fugitive yeah. um, I think he's going to be tough to be here um, it's, it's hard to believe he hasn't won a race around Cheltenham uh, he, he never runs a bad race like I thought he made a mistake probably putting the cheap pieces on him and the Paddy Power it just lit him up a bit too much and he was a bit fresh early on, absolutely tanked for the race and uh, just got tired late on, um, really liked the form uh, he should love the ground as well and just 8 to 1 looks looks too big so uh, again yeah I'll follow Dermo in on that one, um, fugitive for me The, the most homogenous uh, race hour episode I've ever seen uh, 2 for 2 the lads are a 2 to 1 fab and a 7 to 1 poke in the December Gold Cup uh, read into that what you will. Uh, we move on then quickly to a handicap chase run over the Gold Cup distance uh, at Cheltenham. It's a premier handicap. Uh, the guts of 55 grand to the winner. Uh, the likes of Protector, Protector at Rock up here, 300 through five, who let me down the last day in uh, in Wincanton. A couple of other interesting runners, Broadway Boy, who obviously has course form here from November as recently as that. Gary, I'll stick with you. Did you find the winner of this race? Uh, done a half hour study of this race last night and thought I found the winner and he's not declared uh, so typical um, it's great seeing Protector at one here um, 
always love to see a, a real classy horse take a take on a handicap. Um, he's given away a lot of weight. I'd love to see him win, but I don't know. Um, there's a few few down below him. Um, I just think he's given up too much weight. I'm probably gonna have a few bob on easy as that. I just thought it was interesting to go in here rather than the December Gold Cup. Uh, just very interesting stepping up and trip. But it's more so an afterthought. Uh, original sections not running, so uh, we'll go for easiest that just as a token token bet. Easiest that for Gary Connolly after his uh, initial suggest selection, I should say, uh, wasn't uh, declared. Hopefully, it is as easy as that for him. Dermot, I'm going to come to you. If you've picked if you pick the same one as Gary again, I'm going to accuse you lads of sharing notes beforehand. So let me know what you reckon. Uh, yeah, we are. I <laughs> agree. Darren's or sorry. Gary's in the office next door to me. I had to put these blinds down further, I think. I don't know if he's sneaking in to look at my uh, notes, but easy as that around the screen where last time. Um, got outpaced early and stayed on sixth. If you watch the replay, late on, you can't even see him. He's not in the, the camera at all until the very end when he flies through. Very clearly just got taken off his feet. Stage star steps some fractions that day. And he just couldn't go with them. Stepping up and trip makes so much sense. And he just screams to me as being a, a, a Venetia... Typical handicapper who just keep improving. And um, I, after talk for Gary, um, I saw him entered. I was praying that, that he go here. I'm very confident that that he'll go very, very well here. Well, three for three with the lads. Uh, Venetia Williams charge. Uh, obviously picked up an enormous pot last week in entry. Funnily enough, over the same distance, obviously different race course. Um, you can. It, there's no doubt in my mind her horses are flying, and when the when the mud starts flying, Venetia's tend to do the same thing. So. Fingers crossed uh, the lads can go three for three at Chandler tomorrow. Moving on then to three o'clock, it's the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle. It's uh, basically a trial race with the equivalent name at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, most of these are fairly lightly raced. Uh, you've got the likes of Cad Ellen here. I'm going to go with Carrick Morner Rowan, Destroyed the Evidence. Derma, was there one that jumped out at you as maybe being a little bit unexposed? It's a fairly punishing test, this race. Yeah, Cadell for me, I... I... I think that was a very decent race at Kelso last time. He was beaten by a Rue Jefferson horse called um, Kerry Hill. And uh, that horse, a very decent horse, I thought, won a point to point quite well. And did that well, but Cadell was staying on over the two miles, uh, six and a half a furlong. So this going up a triple definitely suited him. This lad looked like a big dope that day, but really got himself together and stayed on and stayed on and stayed on. Lucinda Russell brings these horses through slowly but surely and the front of the market for me I don't really rate any of them all that highly so Cadell showed an awful lot of promise that day I think that's going to prove to be an above average race um, and for me at 8-1 to one or so Cadell looks a very decent bet Cadell for Jermo Nolan there's nothing strange about a stay in Herder and Ronnie Bartlett's colours uh, obviously the race sponsor as well through uh, Albert Bartlett his sport company uh, Gary I'm going to come to you and ask you the same question the Albert Bartlett trial, what did you make of it and, and did you come down on the winner? I think the loving for me and Dermo finishes at a treble. So uh, we're going against them here. I really like Shanna Bob. Um, it's, it's probably the cliche now, big chaser in the making, but huge horse. So Henderson running around Plumpton on his debut was, was a strange choice, like a speedy track like that. I wouldn't suit him at all. Um, now we were using two to the nine shot or whatever. Um I, I like that he, he showed enough there to me, like on a track that didn't suit uh, the further he went, the, the further he went clear and um, should relish this stepping up and trip around this a more galloping track. 
he came with a decent reputation from the point in the field. Um, and I think, like, I don't think it's a great race. Um, these are all handicappers. This one could could be a graded horse. Like, so I'd be disappointed if he can't uh, can't destroy these. Like, Shannon Bob for Gary Connolly in the Joe Donnelly colors. Um, Manny's the winner. The pair of them lads have had down through the years, obviously. Shishkin's owner as well, so they'll be hoping for another superstar. I'll bet maybe one more in the uh, in the Sting uh, profile than that Shishkin was initially hoped to be. Uh, we'll move on then quickly. There's a mayor's handicap hurdle to round out the day at Cheltenham on Saturday. Uh, Theatre Glories, another Nikki Henderson horse, heads the weights here. Um, looking to go one better from her third in a grade two at Ascot last month when heavily fancied. Um, plenty of them in here, Gary. Uh, a, a mixture of exposed and, and obviously improving. Um, what did you make of the race when you had a look at it? Uh, I like North Susan here for the Skeltons. Um, I was a bit surprised at the start of the year that they decided to go novice chasing with her. I think she has a really, really attractive handicap mark. Um, so going chasing, I don't know, a strange move for them. So she was disappointing all right on the, on the first run. So the, switching back to the, the smaller obstacles here. She was a really good uh, novice hurdler. She ran into Love Envoy. A couple of times when she came fourth in the, the Mayor's Novice. So uh, I think she's extremely well handicapped over hurdles and looks a nice opportunity um, for her here. So she she missed last season through injury, so she could start making for last time here, I think. Nurse Susan, yeah, these connections are, uh, they're no stranger to a handicap plot uh, or a blot or, or plot, you could say. Uh, Dermot, I'm going to come to you on this uh, two and a half mile mare's handicap part sponsored by Virgin Bet. Did you come down in the same selection as Gary or are you looking elsewhere? No, uh, terrible race. Really, really bad race. Um, they're all only okay. Um, but uh, zestful at 14 to 1. Martin Keeley tends to get his kind of Cheltenham winners away from the festival at these meetings. He's kind of, you know, he tends to leave a one. Um, and zestful has to be forgiven for her. A bad run last time, but last season was second behind a horse with no name who went on to obviously win at um, Royal Ascot, I think it was actually, and um, was a good second there. And this race isn't that great. Gets in off a nice weight here with Sean Bowen booked. Um, Zestful at 14 or 16 to 1 or so is, uh, for me, far too big a price in what is a very, very winnable race. Excellent stuff. The lads continue to diverge, to diverge zestful for German Olin. Uh, okay, so that's Cheltenham wrapped up for Saturday. I'm going to move north, I think, Doncaster. My geography of the UK is only very limited. but uh, north, up in Yorkshire, yeah. Up in Yorkshire, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're heading to the 240 in Doncaster on Saturday. It's a handicap hurdle over the minimum distance of two miles. Uh, Jim Coco, one of Harry Fry's, I think, heads the market here at 4 to 172. Uh, once again, you've got the likes of Tommy's Oscar in here, Sora Glory, who at one point I think was expected to go on to huge things. Um, no number of very interesting runners here, Dermo. I'm sticking with you for this. Where did you fall on, or who did you fall on? I like Rare Edition here. Um, there was, there was this horse was a bit of a hipster pick for that Supreme last year, obviously, wasn't up to that standard whatsoever, you know. Obviously, Marine National and is a very decent horse. And it went on to 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 fall then in a grade one at Aintree. Um, you, you can forgive those two, but before that, this horse was knocking up some very decent wins. The fact that they went for the Supreme shows you kind of what they thought of him. Gets in here off a of mark of 136, has won fresh before, and that young jockey, Roberts, he's a 20% strike rate over hurdles. He's a very decent he's player. He's yeah. He is brilliant. Sorry to cut across you. He is, as, for, as someone who watches racing every day of the week in the UK, this lad is brilliant. Yeah. He is really, really good. 
particularly over hurdles, as they always start off. Most you know, yeah. jockeys are brilliant fired. Connor Stone Walsh, who who's just winning on you know, any horse he gets on, like his first win over first ride over fences and everything. But this young lad is, yeah, he's fantastic. Great booking. He came under five off. So this horse is effectively running off 131. Um he could be the class act here as well. So I think uh, Charlie Longson could well have one really well lined up here for what is a decent pot. Yeah, absolutely. Second season hurdler, uh, tend to go well in races like this. And as you say, he could be the potential class act with with improvement likely. Um, Gary, I'll come back to you then. Uh, two forty and Doncaster. Where did your uh, Where did your pen fall? I'm gonna take a chance on rare edition in this one. Um, like he, he won his first four in the bounce, and then the, the wheels came off big time. Um, in the spring from book. Really solid form, uh, particularly Boxing Day when he beat the, that Rubad of Paul Nichols, like, um, who, who's been winning everything since. Like, that piece of form, he, he's very well handicapped on that piece of form. Um, you just take a chance, he's fit enough to do himself justice. So, I'll take a chance on him at the price. Rare edition, the lads teaming up once again uh, in what is turning out to be a rare edition of the Race Hour podcast. Uh, so the last race I have in my running order for this week before we go into everything else and naps for the lads is the 3.15 at Doncaster. It's a handicap chase over the three-mile distance. We've got the likes of Manila Trump in here. Uh, Market is headed by Mr. Coffee, forward plan, sail away, etc., etc. Gary, I'm going to stick with you. If you tell me you're picking Mr. Coffee, I'm going to turn your camera and your microphone off and I'm moving on to Dermot Nolan. Who, where did you fall down on? Mr. Coffee, absolutely no chance. He, he'll never oh, win a race, I don't think. He'll never win a race. Um, I like whistling in the dark here. Again, this Paddy Power form um, that I really like. He's still you like whistling in the dark too, don't you? You like that as a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <geez. laughs> um, yeah, that Paddy Power form, I really like it. He just made a bad mistake in a vital period and he was just let come home in his own time still unexposed over fences um step up and trip should sue um and yeah he'll do for me whistling in the dark uh for gary Connolly. i'm going to leave that uh as it is derma i'm going to move on to you will you be whistling in the dark tomorrow afternoon or what's your what's your or later well, tonight even i should ask you going to be whistling in the dark or what's your plan we have a staff party tonight now as I'm Gary, so yeah, we could be whistling in the dark later on. Yeah, whistling at <laughs> each other now, I'd say it's about the yeah. lightning if I had to guess. But. Yeah, we could be, or we could be just singing it in excessive day on all night. But the, um, the, um, I am taking a chance on, I'm weirdly, I, myself and Gary rarely agree, and we're bringing left, right and centre, and I rarely put up a Charlie Longs and horse, let alone two of them. So Castle Robin here is just too big a price, 16 to 1. This is an awful race. It's an absolutely, for the pot, the, as it is, all you hear is UK trainers moaning. There's no way eight Gordon Elliott runners in here. And there's, there's a, it's a terrible field. If, um, if the Henderson horse is ever going to win one, this is probably the day. Uh, but I don't think he will. He can't back him. But Castle Robin last time, um, sorry, He's coming here off a break, and but last season he beat Lord Accord. He has very decent form as well away from that. He's running here off a mark of 136. He's won well fresh. Um, he's still well handicapped in my opinion. And the more that you kind of look at everything here, here in this race, 
it's just terrible. And off two pounds higher last season, he won a very decent handicap at uh, at Sandown on similar ground over the similar trip. In a race full of horses who aren't in good form, he's coming refreshed. This might have been a target of his. He's more than good enough to win this, and he's waited to, to, to uh, do so. I do think that the the market has overlooked him, and at sixteen to one or so, Castle Robin for me in what is a very winnable race is far, far too big a price. An interesting case made there for Castle Robin by uh, by German Nolan and the pullers of Fitri Hay, who I think it'd be fair to say more associated with the flat has obviously had her fair share of jumpers as well. A lot of them trained uh, by Charlie Longston and by John Joe O'Neill, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dermot, I'm going to stick with you before I ask this week's nap, naps, I should say. Have you got anything else uh, for the weekend? You're usually good for at least one or two. Yeah, so the kind of you know, sticking with kind of you know our, our party later on. When I ask Gary now about 2 a.m., now if he wants another point, he'll say to me, Sure, why not? And that horse is running on Saturday. And um, that horse is typical handicap in Ireland. This is low level stuff. Um, 250 at Ferry House on Saturday. But sure, why not? Was a very good third last time. Bumped into a Gordon Elliott horse who's, who's you know, you just those horses just aren't stopping at the moment. End of finishing third. This young claimer on board, I imagine he's the son of the um, son of the trainer. I don't know, but he is—he's a good horse. He's waited to win again. This young lad's claim of seven pounds is very useful, and sure, why not? In what is a desperate handicap, um, he's more good enough to to win this, and he's just running himself into form. I do think that this can be his day, and in the two fifty ferry Saturday, I would be shell shocked if he's not involved. In at the very least. It's a good selection there from German Nolan. Sure, why not? Uh, Gary, I'm going to come to you. Anything else for the uh, for the weekend's racing aside from your naps, please? I'll embarrass myself with some poor pronunciation again. Just one at Navin that I liked. Uh, Carfunock, we'll say. Carfunock, uh, Carfunock, yeah. Any any enlightenment what that means or is it just... it's a it's a place it's a place in Scotland I'm fairly sure. Okay, okay. so Scotland and religion. No, it's Northern religion. Ireland. Northern 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 um, they're, they're fiddling with this horse, but I think winning this won't you won't go up too much in the weight. Um, so I like him as well, and it'd be good to see Redemption Day in the Bumbach the same meeting. Um, bit of a layoff, uh, so it'll be interesting to see as he come back anywhere near as good as he, he showed in his, his earlier days. Yeah, for sure. It's hard for them often hopes to come back just as good as they once looked, but uh, fingers crossed the time off has done them good as well as Karen Fonick. Okay, so that is the end of this week's show. I'm just going to get the naps from the lads before we wrap up. And Gary, seeing as you're on my screen, you're up first. Your nap for the weekend, please and thank you. Okay, so we're going to go in Alexius Diel. Did I get that right? In Excelsis Deo. In Excelsis Deo. We're close. So in Excelsis Deo, and I'll go to Mass and uh, say a couple of Hail Marys for... <laughs> You bur- you'll you burn alive the second you cross yeah. the threshold of the church. <laughs> you'll need you'll need full on confession there, guy. But the, uh, yeah, they can flip the holy water at you from the, there in the charity box. Then once once this wins, um, so. <laughs> right. uh, 
I'll take I'll take your word for it. In excelsis Deo, two to one in the one fifteen at Cheltenham. If my memory serves me right, Dermot Nolan, I'm going to come to you for your nap, please, for this weekend. Uh, the two forty at Doncaster uh, on Saturday, um, Darren, uh, rare edition. Rare edition for Charlie Langston. Okie dokie, that brings us to the actual end of this. You, you, me, you. I, t- I, I'm going to roll in. Behind, I'm going to roll in behind you lads. And in excess day, I thought he was exceptionally well handicapped. Like, and he's just he's one of those JP horses for uh, for Harry Fry, where you could see him going on a bit of a roll. I yeah. think uh, two to one is skinny, and I'd, I'd usually prefer to put up bigger price than that. But uh, I think he's got an absolutely uh, a whale of a chance. Wouldn't shock me to see him going off like eleven to eight, five to four tomorrow, and um, if they decided to roll in behind him. So that's uh, in excelsis deal. Uh, we'll, we'll all be choir boys come the end of that race, please, God. Uh, that is a wrap from this week's race hour. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Um, we'll, we'll be back next week to review all this weekend's action, uh, as well as to take a look at next weekend and also the Christmas racing. So until then, gamble responsibly and be lucky. Relentless, remorseless, and pounding cause and start into submission.